Hello, my friends. This is the Red Diva, Persephone Rose, and this is episode three of the Sovereign Health podcast. I am, as always, recording in my apartment in the heart of the beautiful Willamette Valley in the Pacific Northwest. There are sometimes wind chimes or doors slamming or faucets dripping or the outrageous creaking of my upstairs neighbor walking on my head in this quaint, charming 1920s antique building that we live in. I have loved seeing your gratitudes on the Red Diva Sovereign Health Facebook page. It has warmed my heart and my toes and my eyelashes and all points in between to hear how many of you have started gratitude practices. Please continue to post your gratitudes occasionally on the Facebook page and like or follow to keep in touch. I have just come off trail, my friends. I love saying that. You know, the main reason for living a sovereign life is to be able to choose your own adventure, whatever that adventure looks like to you. For me, lately, adventure has looked like putting on a backpack and my comfy La Sportiva hiking boots and heading into the great unknown. This last weekend, which was Memorial Day weekend, my love and I did that. We hiked about 30 miles over the course of three days through the lush, green Coast Mountain Range to the beach. I had done this exact trek by myself last year, and that was an amazing, life-altering experience. This was really the first time my love and I had backpacked on a trip together, and it was a lovely relationship-building, quality-time experience that was also, in many ways, life-altering. I prepped all the food for this trip, all the meals and snacks, and I kept within the dietary guidelines that we maintain in our home. My partner is a vegetarian, and I am gluten-free paleo. Now, I have a bucket list dream of being that person that owns a food dehydrator and maybe a freeze dryer and creates all these beautiful, nutritious meals for our adventures someday. That day is not my current reality, so I am still a bit reliant on things that are packaged or easily packaged, and those types of things tend to be very carbohydrate heavy which is not really a problem when you're hiking 12 plus miles a day with 30 pounds strapped to your back. On a day-to-day basis, if you are eating for brain health and immune health and gut health, then you are hopefully not living in a state of carb dependency and you are focusing on, dramatic pause, drum roll, balancing your blood sugar every time you put food in your mouth. You have heard me say that from a food and nutrition perspective, this is the single most foundational concept for health that I will preach and drill down on over and over and over. Today, 
I'm going to tell you why. The body controls the level of glucose in the bloodstream very tightly, very vigilantly. At any given time, there is generally only about three quarters of a teaspoon of glucose molecules in the system, in the bloodstream. Where does glucose come from? From the food we eat. When we put food in our mouth, there are three different types of big molecules that our body uses for metabolism. Metabolism is the biochemical processes by which we as an organism, by which each one of our 8 billion cells as organisms, produce energy and maintain life. These big molecules are called macronutrients, and they are protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Now, as an aside and a, a little bit of a tangent, there is actually a fourth macronutrient which does affect metabolism and blood sugar. And even though it contains seven calories per gram, which is actually more than either protein or carbohydrates, it is usually left out of most nutrition conversations. That macro is alcohol. And someday it will get an episode of its own. But Today is not that day. Today, we are mostly talking about carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are in anything from straight to table sugar to broccoli. Twinkies and cookies, sure, but also whole grain brown rice, pasta, bread, all fruits and vegetables. And all carbohydrates, whether from an asparagus spear or a piece of cake, gets broken down into glucose. The biochemistry that, that puts through some of the processes, which if you remember from your high school chem 101, are called glycolysis and the Krebs cycle and the electron transport chain. And it produces ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is the fuel, the energy, the battery that runs the machine your body. And there is this amazing cascade of hormones that works to facilitate that process. And the main hormone that we hear a lot about is insulin. Insulin's main job is to shuttle glucose into cells so that the mitochondria inside every cell can work its biochem magic and turn that glucose into fuel. So let me paint this picture. You start your day by eating some cereal or some toast. You've just put glucose into the system. You feel happy, content, fueled for a little bit. But unless you use that glucose through activity and maintenance pretty quickly, that level of glucose in your bloodstream exceeds that three quarters of a teaspoon happy safe zone and you've got too much glucose in your blood. This is a problem. This is, in fact, a life or death situation, and your entire body goes into triage mode. Glucose molecules are pretty big. They're rough around the edges. And when too many of them are bouncing around in the bloodstream, bumping up against the walls of your veins and arteries, 
they begin to wound the inside of your blood vessels. I'm serious. This happens at the molecular level, but if left unchecked, you would literally bleed to death from the inside of your vascular system. So the pancreas starts pumping out more insulin. And insulin's job now is to shuttle glucose out of the bloodstream and get rid of it. The mitochondria are full, the cells don't need more fuel, but we have to put this extra glucose somewhere. So the presence of more insulin signals the creation and expansion of fat cells so that the excess glucose molecules can be stored inside body fat. Insulin does its job well, but there is no off switch for it. Insulin cleans glucose out of the bloodstream until there isn't any more. Guess what? Now you're starving to death. Your cells are now screaming for fuel just to maintain organ and brain health. This is the part where you get hangry or exhausted or depressed or anxious or the brain fog kicks in. This is hypoglycemia and it does not feel good. The body now needs every hunger hormone available to kick in and let you know that you need fuel. Guess what the first domino in that chain of hormones is? It's cortisol. You are now in fight or flight. Cortisol signals the release of hunger hormones like ghrelin and leptin, so you eat. What do you eat? A sandwich that's mostly bread, a piece of fruit, a meal that's based around pasta or rice? What about something that shouldn't even be considered food, like a sugar-filled drink or chips or cookies from the vending machine? Yay, you feel better for a little while. Unless you have ingested more carbohydrates than you're going to use for fuel in the next one to two hours, in which case the body goes into triage mode again and dumps more insulin and the whole vicious cycle starts all over again. This is indeed a vicious cycle of feeling unvibrant that most people live in day in and day out. The way from a nutritional standpoint to stay vibrant is to never leave that three quarters of a teaspoon safe zone. Now, I usually have this conversation up to this point when I'm talking to somebody about body fat storage or brain fog or mood stabilization. But I want to back up to the beginning of that cycle and go a little bit deeper. When you've ingested more carbohydrates than you're going to burn in the next one to two hours, and you've got glucose molecules bouncing off the walls of your vasculature, the release of more insulin is an immune system job. You have open wounds that need healing, and that is the job of the immune system. So how does it begin this healing process? We anecdotally, all over the internet, on every medical or health site, call it inflammation. 
the end result of an immune system inflammation response to an open wound is scar tissue. How does it look when your immune system heals an open wound on the outside of your body? It forms a scar. When that happens on the inside of your vascular system, it's called plaque. And down the road, at varying distances for various people, it's called atherosclerosis. And it is the basis of heart and cardiovascular disease. Can I impress upon you the picture of inflammation happening all over your body, everywhere that there is a blood vessel, every time you put food in your mouth, never endingly. This is an unceasing systemic inflammation overload. The National Institute of Health says that chronic inflammation has a deleterious effect on the body and is a key factor causing all chronic inflammatory disease. It further states that those chronic inflammatory diseases cause half of all deaths worldwide every single day. Can I impress upon you that this level of constant inflammation is in and of itself a stressor. Stress equals cortisol equals fight or flight. So you are in cortisol mode, not in rest, digest, and metabolize at the beginning of the vicious cycle when there's too much glucose in the system and at the end of it when there's not enough. Do you remember a while ago when I said that cortisol and insulin have this intimate kinky relationship. In a state of unbalanced blood sugar, you rarely have insulin without cortisol or cortisol without insulin. We tend to look at the state of the world and the economy and the culture and all the too much information and technology and we look outside of ourselves at all the stressors that contribute to the cortisol soup in which we swim and are dying of. And yet, I am telling you that this, this is the main ingredient in that soup. Can I also impress upon you that if you are engaging your immune system in triage mode, every time you put food in your mouth, it is overwhelmed and less able to respond when something else goes wrong. This is why science tells us that eating sugar deactivates the immune system for up to seven hours. It is better for you to be invaded by a pathogen than to bleed to death from the inside out. That's what triage mode is. It's choosing the lesser of two evils. Can I impress upon you that if all resources, all resources are being funneled into the healing of the vascular system wounds and you are in fight or flight about it, resources are not being funneled at the necessary rate into other processes like absorption and digestion, the removal of toxins, brain chemistry, DNA replication, 
and proper cell die-off and rebuilding. Can I take a second to also impress upon you that if you are one of those people who are genetically predisposed to being thin, who can eat whatever you want and not gain excess body fat, and you laugh and say, ha, I have a fast metabolism. Sweetheart, you have an inefficient metabolism. Not being able to secrete insulin and create body fat cells fast enough to save your vascular system from excess glucose wounding is not a good thing. That wounding, that potential bleeding from the inside out, that inflammation and scar tissue is still happening to you. And it's happening faster than it's happening to the fat person sitting next to you. And you are not exempt from the mood swings and the unvibrancy that comes with constantly being over and under fueled. The biochemical processes of turning glucose into ATP and doing all of this processing that we've been talking about is messy. It's dirty. All biochemical reactions produce byproducts. In the body, these are little H's and O's, hydrogens and oxygens and combinations thereof. They are incredibly unstable, reactive, harmful, causing more inflammation and disruptions to systems. We call these free radicals. Now, the body has mechanisms for cleaning up these free radicals. We have free radical scavengers, or sometimes we call these molecules antioxidants. The scavengers bond to the free radicals and turn them into something less harmful and escort them out of the body. When the body is in constant triage mode, because it is overwhelmed by all the glucose processing, and of course, we also take into consideration all the toxins and free radicals that we ingest and breathe and absorb through our skin from our environment, but we can hit a point where there are not enough antioxidants on board to keep up with the amount of free radicals. And this is the definition of oxidative stress. Now we have twice as much inflammation happening. Our DNA replication is being bombarded. We are aging at accelerated rates. Our telomeres are shortening. And the day-to-day -day consumption of more carbohydrates than we are going to use as fuel every time we put food in our mouths contributes hugely to this oxidative stress. There is actually a great deal of research and hypothesis hypothesizing in the scientific community and literature these days that the condition called insulin resistance, when our cells stop responding to insulin, is not just a matter of those receptor sites getting worn out. There is much research to suggest that insulin resistance is yet another example of triage mode happening in the body that there are so many free radicals and the detox cleanup systems are so overwhelmed. The body is in such a state of oxidative stress 
that the immune system chooses the risk of you bleeding out from the inside as less risky than the risk of adding more free radicals to that load. Have I scared you to death? I hope so. Have I gotten through to you that blood sugar management is not about body fat or weight loss or whether you look culturally appropriate in a bathing suit? When I say every bite of food matters, this is what I'm talking about. Let me give you some big overarching ways to start managing your blood sugar. Eat carbohydrates that are full of fiber and full of nutrition. Veggies, people, veggies. There is nothing a grain can give you or do for you that a vegetable can't do better. Let those veggies be accompanied by protein and fat. When you are in a state of carbohydrate dependency, part of that surge of hunger hormones can also be related to the fact that you are overeating but undernourished. Vegetables and fruits provide vitamins and minerals or micronutrients that fuel our biochemistry. Protein provides amino acids that rebuild tissues and act as brain neurotransmitters. Healthy fats are absolutely mandatory for brain and heart functioning and for the control of that inflammation process. Eating these things in combination slows the release of glucose into the blood system and actually provides the nutrition that your body is starving for. And it also helps your mitochondria remember how to turn fat into fuel. There will be future episodes diving deeper into micronutrients, the other macros, protein, fat, and alcohol, as well as conversations about adventure and play, about the fallacy of calories in, calories out, about feeding our brain chemistry, about supplements, spirituality, about grounding with the earth, about the magical effectiveness of EFT tapping, about relationships and connecting to others, about creativity, sexuality, body love and image, about eating organic, how detoxification works, about burnout recovery. There will be interviews in our near future, which I am super excited about. If you have questions or comments, have a suggestion for a topic of discussion, please message me at Red Diva Sovereign Health on Facebook or email me at percyrose at reddiva.com. Likewise, if you're ready to start managing your blood sugar and would like some help getting started, sticking to it, and seeing results through a coaching setup that combines nutritional biochemistry and spiritual practice, please email me at percyrose at reddiva.com. That's P-E-R-C-Y 
R-O-S-E at R-E-D-D-E-V-A dot com. This has been episode three of the Sovereign Health Podcast. It's been a very serious, scary, thought-provoking one, hasn't it? And while I kind of get a kick out of scaring people into action, what I ultimately want to leave you with is that this is one of the biggest drains on our vitality and on our sovereignty. And yet it is the one that we have the most control over. The odds are indeed stacked against us, and yet bite by bite, snack by snack, meal by meal, we can either choose to give our power away, or we can choose to take it back. Every bite of food is either an act of nourishment and love, or it is an act of destruction, poison, and self-abuse. This is Persephone Rose. I am the Red Diva. I so appreciate your listening ears. Choose wisely, my friend. Choose sovereignty. And now, go out and have a beautiful day.